Lord, that bound hearts would be freed, that closed minds would be opened, that deaf ears would hear by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might see more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was in the second grade, there was a chart right next to the classroom door with every student's name listed. And there the results of each week's spelling quiz were published for all to see. Well, the scores were not up, but if you aced it, you got a gold star next to your name. If you missed only one, a silver star. I was a pretty good speller. And by year's end, I had racked up 33 gold stars in a row. Just three more spelling quizzes to go to complete my perfect run. Week 34's quiz was a tough one. But I completed it with confidence that the gold star express would keep moving on. It was not to be. I missed one. 33 gold stars and now one silver star blemished my once golden galaxy. It was commented on by my peers and every time we lined up that week next to the door, I was confronted with that silver star and I was devastated. The quizzes happened on a Tuesday morning and by Friday I had had enough. When no one else was looking, on Friday afternoon, I removed my silver star and replaced it with a gold one. An uproar ensued, most loudly from Misty Greenfield, who, unlike me, had 34 real golden stars to her name. Now, I didn't think that I would get away with it, but that week I felt like my other classmates didn't think that I was as good as they once thought. I wanted them to be impressed. I wanted them to love me. I wanted them to accept me. And I wish I could say that this type of behavior is confined to second grade classrooms, but it's not. All of us have spent a lifetime building a resume. We do whatever it takes to be accepted by others, but it's shifting sand. And so our building plans continue. And we hope and pray that as we get older, things will change, that people might actually relate to one another as we are and not based upon projected identity. But we don't. We, as St. Paul tells us, relate to one another on very human terms. In elementary school, we pray that we will not be picked last for dodgeball. We move on to middle school and hope and pray that we get to sit at the cool lunch table. In high school, we want to drive the right car and get into the right college. And in college, we want to get into the right fraternity or sorority, build the right relationships, get the good grades, and ultimately land the right job. And then after that, it's the neighborhood you live in, the club you belong to or don't belong to, where your kids go to school. And again, I wish that I could say that it ends at some point, but it doesn't. This is the way the world works. We regard one another from a human point of view. And most of our lives are spent asking two questions. How do I want people to view me? And how do people view me? St. Paul is saying to us this morning that we shouldn't regard anyone from a human point of view. 
Because this is all we want to do and all we do. But if you and I relate to other people from a human point of view, we will only see their resume and they will only see our resumes. We will never really know them and they will really know, never know us. And St. Paul, he had a foundation to speak upon. In Philippians 3, he gives us his resume. I myself have confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks for any other reason to have confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. I mean, St. Paul had it going on. Uh, he had the right pedigree, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. And if that weren't enough, he had the basic building blocks for a successful life. But he continued to build upon them. As to the law of Pharisee, he kept the law under the law blameless. He went to the right school. This man had the right resume. But he came to a point in his life where he looked at it and realized that all of his striving was in vain. That his resume, what he wanted people to think of him, really wasn't who he was. And he said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. St. Paul had it all together. And yet this confidence that his resume was supposed to give him, this success that he expected to come through his pedigree and his merits, it never came. He never felt accepted. If anything, he felt the drive to continue. My, my, my qualifications aren't good enough, so I'm going to persecute the church. But he never felt at rest. There was another man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus in the night. And Nicodemus uh, is not a Hebrew name. It's uh, a Greek name. Nicodemus was a Hellenistic Jew. He was brilliant. He sat on the Sanhedrin, the ruling council of all of Israel. If you had a religious question or an academic question, Nicodemus was the guy that you were going to seek out. Not only that, uh, you can read in historians like Josephus about his family and their contributions to the life of Israel and even the Roman Empire. And yet here is Nicodemus in the middle of the night coming to Jesus, and Jesus tells him this, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What? How can this be? What do you mean, be born again? How is that possible? St. Paul this morning echoes that when he says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And if you read it in the Greek, St. Paul is so excited about this idea of newness that he blurts out, If anyone is in Christ, new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. New creation, you are made new. Nicodemus was coming to Jesus because Nicodemus thought, you know, maybe Jesus can help me polish up my resume a little bit. 
No, maybe He can help me develop more skills and gifts needed uh, to make my way in this world. I mean, I, my resume is pretty good, but it just needs a little bit of polishing. And what Jesus tells them is that you have to be born again, which means, Nicodemus, take that resume and throw it away because you know deep down inside that it means nothing. Now, for somebody that has spent their entire life positioning themselves and building a resume to be told you have to be born again, that you will be made new, and that the world is not going to look upon you based on your resume, this is frightening. It's scary. But I've strived my entire life for these things. And you're telling me, I mean, deep down inside, I kind of know that, that they're not going to get me where I'm going, which is why I keep trying harder. But we always are going to fall short. But not just fall short. One of the mistakes that Nicodemus made, and when we relate to one another on human terms that we make, is that we think that we simply fall short of the mark. When in fact, our resumes are pointed in the completely wrong direction. We're not even headed in the right direction. I have a three-year-old daughter at home who likes to play catch, which is impossible. If you've ever tried to play catch with a three-year-old. And we'll be throwing the ball. And, of course, she'll be aimed at me. But the ball will go 30 degrees in that direction. And she'll say, Daddy, get closer. Get closer. You know, lower the standard a little bit, Dad. Well, I get a little bit closer and she throws the ball 30 degrees in the other direction. Daddy, get closer. You see, the problem is not falling short. Uh, And the problem is not simply lowering the standards. Even if the standards were lowered, we're going in the wrong direction. What we are trying to accomplish through our resumes is actually taking us in a different direction, in a direction that we really don't want to go. And there's a part of each and every single one of us here this morning that just does, that wants to throw it away. That says, you know what, I don't want to be judged based on my resume. I just want to be me. And that's scary because the real us is scary. We don't live up to our resumes. We all fall short. We're all going in the wrong direction. And yet when you are born again, when you're made a new creation, when the slate is wiped clean, God sees all of those warts. He sees your lack of talent. And He loves you. And He accepts you. Now, there was another group that followed Jesus around, that interacted with him, rather. They were called tax collectors and sinners. They thronged to Jesus. Why? Because when you know that your resume stinks, you want to be made new. Now, these were not down and out downtrodden people. There were those types in this group of sinners and tax collectors. But these were professionals who had all the accolades of society, who had all the academic credentials, who were members of all the right clubs, and yet they knew that their resume was awful. That it wasn't going to get them anywhere in life. And they put their resumes aside. And God would make them a new creation. The old has gone. And the new has come. Jack Kerouac, I rediscovered one of his haikus recently. And it goes like this. Whatever it is, I quit. Well, I don't know what Kerouac meant, but I 
have a feeling I know what Jesus means. Whatever it is that you are putting your life into, whatever it is in human terms that you think is going to get you ahead with your peers, with society, or with God, it's not. It's not. And you know that. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't continue to struggle with the pressures of society, but it will be different. Our new hearts will be oriented toward the Lord so that when we do begin to start staking our lives once again in our resumes, our hearts will convict us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we realize and we know that it's just going to let us down. But in all of our insecurities, we find that we are insecure in the love of another, Jesus Christ. And because of this love that does not take resumes into consideration... We are free to live. We no longer have to compete because now God gives us his credentials, his resume. And even though we look at our lives and we say, good grief, I am a total mess. I'm throwing the ball 30 degrees this direction. I don't know what I'm doing. God says, I know it. But I'm going to give you my credentials. You now carry my resume. And because of that, and those are impeccable. They cannot be assaulted. No one can stand up against them. And because of that, you can go through life in confidence. And those things that would get you, they don't bother you as much. Because the unassailable love and grace and mercy that Jesus Christ shows each and every single one of us this morning and offers us this morning, right now. We begin to relate with one another as things really are. And we're finally honest with God. And we pray that as we take a look at our resumes this morning, they don't pass muster. They fall well short. And we miss the mark. But praise the Lord that God does not deal with us based on our resumes or human terms. But in Him, we are new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen.